Welcome to the Security Today podcast. I'm your host, Uncle Bear. It is brought to you by Sprinter uh, Business Solutions at Sprinter Datacom on Instagram. You can check them out. We're back at it with another bid to bank. These things are rolling out in hot fire. We've got like six or seven out now. So um, I just want to continue working at it and getting it out there. And today I am super excited because we got Frankie from Cicada Systems in Arizona on here. And um, I've been watching Frank for just a little while, uh, running his uh, <laughs> his reels and, and posting his work. And he is uh, comical and informational and down to earth. And that is like right up my alley. So I really, really am appreciative that you took your time out to get on this podcast today. But um, why don't you start by giving the listeners kind of an intro to who you are and then kind of just tell me how you got into it. We didn't talk too much before we got on here. That's that's a good thing, man. Um, Yeah. yeah. I appreciate it, man. I really appreciate uh, you even inviting me on. It's really cool. It says a lot. And uh, yeah, I kind of just when I post those reels and stuff or, uh, mainly the stories, I like that they disappear, you know? So you take you through <laughs> yeah. like the average real day that's going on. But, uh, my name is Frankie Sawyer with, uh, Cicada Systems. And I got started in the industry with, uh, my dad. He's like, Hey, I need a, I need someone to drive me around. And, uh, I was like, oh, I could do that because I got a license and he didn't. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I got into it. I just thought I was going to be doing art after that. So, um, I just got hooked on it, you know, and he taught me craftsmanship when I was a kid. So I started like noticing the art in what we were doing and I'm like, you know, people just saying, Oh, good job on that. You know, kind of lifts your spirits, the other craftsmen and especially the ones, you know, work hard. So I just got a kind of addicted to that. And, uh, then teaching someone else, it's just really cool, man. Yeah. What kind of art were you into? Um, I drew for an art gallery in uh, Tubac. So this guy, he gave me a chance, another mentor. They like kind of pop up, you know. It's not like you just go fill yeah. out a, I need a mentor thing. So, um, <laughs> But after yeah. that, um, I started drawing for him. And I noticed that's kind of where the craft came in is the drawings he took from me. He put a nice frame on it. He put it in an environment. And he sold it for $500. That was just a drawing yeah. I had. I was like, okay, so the presentation matters. The environment matters. Yeah. So I kind of, like I said, man, I got addicted to that. But That's cool, man. But, so you've always been out in Arizona? Yep. Okay. Since day right one, on. man. It's, yeah, it's hot out there, huh? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, but I can't do the cold, so I get laughed at by people like from Boston, but I get to laugh <laughs> in the summer, so. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Well, that's cool, man. Um, that's that's cool to hear because, like, I kind of started out in art, too. Really? Um, it was, like, graphic design and drawing. Nice, and, man. And, and those sorts of things. Uh, yeah, there definitely is, I feel like people don't take advantage of seeing from the low-voltage side of how much of life plays into what we do um so just like you said worrying about the presentation and treating it as an art not just a science or Mm. you know a a recipe then it it um it definitely does that so well i'm glad you're here man and that's that's cool so can you tell me a little bit maybe about cicada systems like maybe how many guys you have or what the typical uh 
type of work that you do is? Uh, rotate basically through a couple guys. So I have a couple guys full time on and off and then just 1099ing. So, but cause it's rough, man, you got to find someone. And I've talked about this with other business owners. It's like the security business owners I used to work for. It's kind of like, well, techs don't even know their techs. Like you're saying, man, you're in art. So yeah. it's like, right. well, how do we figure out these guys are techs? So they'll come here and kind of bottleneck it the other way around because there's just, when you introduce uh, being a tech to someone, they're like, oh, I didn't know this job existed. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but, oh man, I don't want to mess up your question. What was it entire? No. So yeah, that you're, okay. dude, I love it. I love the rabbit trail. Cool, but um, from, so Cicada Systems, you guys work primarily commercially. Do you do any residential? Um, residential, not too much. I'll do it like uh, m mostly for, you know, for general contractors like, hey, man, I'm building my house or, or whatnot. We're on site and talking. I'm like, yeah, we can we can help out. But we do have a mm -hmm. C CR67, which is commercial and residential. So we can do both. And in Arizona, I don't know how it is elsewhere, but you have to get both at one time. So, mm -hmm. um, but mainly focus on the commercial end. And that's kind of where I flourish because when I'm doing something in someone's home, you can't have your tool bag scraping up their grandma's, you know, favorite dresser and stuff. So it's <laughs> yeah. a total different mentality in someone's home because that's their private life. Yeah. But what sort of things do Cicada, what sort of things does Cicada do low voltage wise? Um, access control, camera systems, uh, fiber, fusion splice and all that. Um, the networking side we pulled off. And I like doing that if it's just some unify stuff, but, um, if it's going to get into Cisco or anything like that, we have people. And that's kind of the key is just to know the community and have, have people that can come in and, uh, fill in the gaps and knowing your edge of competency is everything. Cause you're like, I can't do that, but I do know someone who's an expert after that, you know, you just hand it off to them or collaborate with them on that. Yeah, definitely. You guys do something with cannabis, yeah? Yeah, that was new. And uh, it was a low voltage, okay, we need some cameras. And we got to talking, and they're like, and access control. I said, oh, okay. And we just keep going, and like, and alarm. Yeah, we can do alarm and monitor it for you. And then it was like, well, you got to do the low voltage growing stuff too. And I said, hold on a second. So I said, let me see the drawings and uh, what you have. They were completely professional. It was from GrowLink. I looked through it and I, it says, you can't steal this page. You can't steal this. Like you can't copy anything. It's well protected because they put their heart and soul into uh, those drawings, but they're very easy to read. So I was like, oh, this is easy. You know, if you have your core fundamentals of anything, that's what I'll teach too, is like, just know these core elements and you could build anything out of it. It's like having paint in a paintbrush. So mm. I looked at that and so those, thought we could do it. That growing, that growing, uh, I guess you would call it system. Is it like lighting or is it watering or? It's, it's everything. So. Oh, and, okay. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. And so what I'll do and when I'm approaching someone, I'm like, what do you want out of this? And I'll work backwards into the three pro the process of uh, just three stages, the input, the process, and the output. 
And when I'm with a client, I'll say, what do you want out of this? And I'll take it back and say, okay, can I do this process? And then figure out the beginning. Okay, what's the input going to be? Because if you try to like build from the front, you can create a million different ways to get to the end. But uh, as soon as they're like, all right, we need water, we need lighting, we need uh, the CO2 sensors, and that's a multi-sensor. And then um, the fans were off the list. We're going to go back actually and put the fans on because they're on just a regular manual switch. But um, mm. yeah, it just if you if you approach it that way, it, I'm speaking from my perspective too, and my mind is so sporadic. People would be like, well, I could do it a little bit better than he can. I'm proud of you, and you should take what I could do and do better. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, just looking at that, it was all or nothing. So we had to do the CO2 as well, the life safety, which is separate from the CO2 of growing. And as soon as that was incorporated, I was like, okay, we're in life safety. And I was like, well, I'm going to call my buddy. And when I called him, his name is Tom. He lives up in the mountains, man. He looks down on us peasants down here, and he just does the drawings for you. He used to be a nuclear physicist. And he's like, Frankie, you're overthinking this. He's all, this, this, and this. Submit this. And I was like, okay. Did it, and we pulled it off, and we are the first one in Tucson to do it. So it was pretty crazy, man. Awesome. Dude, that's awesome. Well, let's get to the uh, bid to bank okay. kind of timeline here, if you will. So I, I like to start in marketing, and then we talk about the bid, project management, customer experience, the bank, the humbling question, and the bonus question. Cool. But uh, starting with marketing, what's your most sold product or service, and when do you kind of interject it into a sales pitch of maybe, yeah, yeah. Yeah, go, go that, that. it's got to be specialized skill because we're selling all kinds of different products and you tailor to every different type of client. And uh, mm. so it's like, okay, if you can do access control and you can cut the locks and you know what the what you need to do, then that's kind of just, that's where I'll flourish because anyone could sell the cameras. It's like, well, anyone can get their hands on them now. So I think if you shift it towards, okay, we're more skilled and then I have a set of skills and then you layer those skills, then you're able to sell the project with confidence. But a lot of the places I go in, man, and that's why I love you harping on uh, hike vision. I'm like, <laughs> it's everywhere, man. Like these, yeah. they're not going to do, that's like a layer one researcher, like, that stuff should not be in your building, but, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, the, that stuff and well, generally I'm incredibly bad at sales pitches. So I yeah. just avoid it at all costs and you'll get more of a genuine reaction or people will vent to you about problems they're having in casual conversation. So that's when it's like, well, yeah, we can handle that for you. You know, so if I'm going into a sales pitchers, I'm in uh, desperate mode probably at that point. But uh, so, but as far as that stuff, like um, I was talking to my wife about this stuff and she's like, when someone's coming in, in the sales pitch, you're like, all right, they're going to withhold things rightfully so. Cause they're like, what is this person going to sell me? And what is, I don't want to say X cause it'll, it'll be used against me later. So it's kind of like, 
talking to a fighter in the ring versus out of the ring. When they know they're in the mm -hmm. ring, it's like, okay, it's we're boxing. When they're out of the ring, you know, you're your casual self, you know. Yeah, definitely. Do you uh how do you how do you usually get leads? It's been word of mouth. And it wasn't like that the first year. The first year I was banking off of my reputation. So I would call, I called as many people as I could just to let them know I'm in business. And then I gradually got some calls and do not remain stagnant. You know, that's any advice I have. Don't remain stagnant. Work for free or at least to pay off the bills because you'll stay fresh. You know, if you get stagnant, it just gets crazy. I've thrown tennis ball off of this wall. Like what, what are we going to do? And, uh, but after that, once you can show what you can do, you know, people just, and you show up, you show up on time and do what you're going to say, you'll get jobs forever, man. I meant to ask this at the beginning, but how many years have you, has Cicada been in this Three. service? Three years. Three? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. And so when you were driving your dad around to do it, this was when you were younger? Yeah, I was like 18. Oh, okay. And uh, so, yeah, I'm 37 now, so it was a long time just teching it out. And uh, I can't let go of that either, man. It's just like, <laughs> I don't know. Everyone's like, well, you're still in the field? I'm like, it's going to be that way forever, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, that that is, that's. I think that's really common. That that goes for, for me as well. I mean, I, I'm at a... I took a path in my career mm -hmm. where I sit behind a computer more than I sit out in the field. Mm -hmm. But man, any chance that somebody I know needs something or if, you know, I'm working for Sprinter now, if like there's a delay and I they need someone to get out there and put it in and it's close to me, I'll take it. Because you can't not, you know, you can't not, and you can't not do it once you know the trade. I mean, it's like almost sewn into you, yeah. you know? So it is part of your identity when you post those videos just like you jamming through the computer program and stuff i was yeah. like dude that's you're in the zone like people that know when they seen that they're like i know what's going on there you know it's just crazy yeah so uh when it comes to that marketing and sales and you're getting it by word of mouth and i like that i like that you're highlighting that it's a that you're selling that specialty service because you're right it seems in the CCTV field, for sure, a little bit in the access, it's a little more technical, but you get these fly-by-night guys that are just, you know, hanging and banging yeah. cans and, and, and doing that. So being able to sell that specialty service, I think, is is really, uh, it's a really smart approach to it. So when you get that job and, and they've given you the, now it's time to, like, bid the job, how do you go about the bid process? That's a great question, man, because I didn't know in the beginning, because being a tech, you only see one level. So when you got into mm -hmm. that, um, and you don't want to like poach other people's bids to see how they're bidding either. So it's like, all right, how do I stay moral about this? And how do I <laughs> present myself at the same time? So um, the answer for me is have a beautiful proposal, because if you put your heart and soul into the proposal, like you should have a cover sheet and when you have a cover sheet, your logo should be next to theirs. It already, it puts it in their mind. You're going to work together. You know, if you have a comprehensive proposal going down, it's like, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. 
and then they'll make an assessment. They'll just check that. It's a checkbox for them there because they're looking at a bunch of bids. And uh, mm -hmm. they'll hold your number at the end up to someone else's number. But if they know they're going to get something done and you're going to do it, I think, you know, you have a better chance of getting it because I'll talk to a ton of generals and I'm like, who do you go for? What do you look for? And uh, diversify. There's a gentleman over there and uh, he told me, well, we look for before and after pictures and the proposal, how clean it is and how long they've been in business. Since that was held against me, that's why I was going off a of reputation. I'm like, okay, I got to build yeah. it. And at some point I had to shift it from Frankie Salyer to Cicada. And that was, that was hard because you're letting go of, you know, your reputation that you built. So I'm like, okay, I got to slide this over at some point. So just like the proposal process, I did like a, a gradient of speaking instead of myself. I put my own logo against my own name and then gradually shift it over and selling projects that way. But, um, yeah, I'm sorry, man. You're going to have to keep me in line dude, on the questions, but, uh, no, 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 no. This is perfect. Cool. No, this is exactly what I want. Yeah, cool. for sure. Because I think, I think when in this podcast, what, what people have been coming to it to hear is just those inner workings. Like that's a, that's a brilliant way to approach the bid is, you know, to, to already start working on the social engineering of, uh, almost, almost sales, if you will, like, yeah. let, like, I know that's also the, the bidding and proposal and quoting aspect of it, but it, it's almost like that sales line is, is gradient in that it, it, you know, runs off into the rest of the job. Yeah. It doesn't just stop it. Oh, we, we sold it. Okay. Sales is done. Next, you still have yeah. to, Yep. Yeah, continue that. So that's perfect. Um, so when you when you bid that job um, in that proposal and you're looking at the numbers and stuff like that, do do you use like a standard markup percentage on everything? Is it kind of tailored to every single site? Uh, how do you kind of handle that? Definitely tailored. And you're going to go on subject matter too. Uh, I got to shout out Lawrence Systems on YouTube. I don't know if you know that guy. Yeah, man, yeah. dude, that's good stuff. <laughs> he helped me out so much, and uh, he on just data drops because I was doing access the data drops. He's like, just do it per right. drop, a set rate per drop, and you might get excited if you have three hundred dollars per drop. If you're using Cat Six, you're like, oh man, I got four, four data drops on that one data drop. It's like, yeah, and it's sixty feet away. But you also have one, two floors above you that you got to run to for the same price. So that formula, yeah. as far as that. Um, but if you're running conduit, you're going to have, you know, mainly three levels. So levels of difficulty. You'll say, okay, am I on the ground running conduit? Am I on a ladder or am I in a lift? You know, those are not the same. That 10-foot stick is going to be different there. But... <laughs> And then you incorporate the environment. So you're like, okay, I am on my feet running this conduit, but it's on the 10th floor. And is there parking? You know, you got to definitely, you know, when the architect builds, he's not building for construction people to have a great parking spot, you know, so <laughs> yeah. you're parking for, I don't know. Is it crazy in your city? Where uh, you yeah, yeah, so 
where I'm at is a it's a lot it's a very large suburb so you can kind of like if you're on I-35 and you're in you're at the south end of the suburbs of Kansas City and you drive to the north end of the suburbs it's probably about on the highway 45 minute drive with no traffic Dang, so it's just like constant suburbs and buildings and office parks and this and that and those aren't bad but I I did work service for a uh, national security provider that we had a couple clients downtown okay and yeah you, you'd pull downtown and you're like you, you park like you got to walk with your tools yeah. six blocks away and, yeah. yeah you look at a guy with a grocery cart you're like man i need a grocery cart dude yeah. Yeah, he's got the right idea what about you there in uh in arizona it's flat man a lot of people put up yeah. uh laws to where you couldn't build tall buildings so it just it's very flat mm. uh, downtown is a different world because there's no parking here. You're in a parking garage and being Tex, you know, you're like, ah, I could fit under that. And I've seen a ton of guys get stuck because yeah. <laughs> they're never downtown, you know? So yeah, well, it's crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. So you, you tailor it to every environment and where, where in the bidding process, like what sort of factors cause you to maybe be flexible in your bidding? And where does that flexibility lie? Like if I'm going to, like I had a really good relation or I had a really good interaction with this person when we were going over the site survey. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to cut them a little bit of a break. And then where would that break be cut? You know, that, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, it'd probably be off of a relationship. <laughs> you know, if yeah. I'm like, all right, I know they took a chance on me. I'm, I'm going to, uh, you know, do, do a little free work, you know, in there. But um, as far as flexible, it's crazy, man, because if you reduce the price, I just think you're doing yourself a disservice. You know, you should be pricing it properly up front because think about building a relationship with someone. If you you put a bid out for $30,000 and they're like, hey, man, I, I could do 26 and you drop it, they're going to think subconsciously even, he was going to get me for six grand, you know, like even you doing a favor is bad at that point. So I, I would say do it right up front. That's my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's good stuff. Um, yeah. So, okay. Moving on from the, the bid. Do, oh wait, do you use any quoting software? When you put that proposal together, I'm at, at, this was mm -hmm. where my, my thought was going. Uh, it's also Friday <laughs> about the end of that long week. I was like, oh, yeah, that. Um, when you put that proposal together, do you use uh, quoting software and or are you using any sort of software to put it together like Adobe or, you know, Canva.com or something like that? Now, mainly everything's uh, going to be finished up in Word, but then I'll create a PDF out of that and these are great questions because people do not know, you know, it's just, it's a wild west. Yeah. And, uh, it is, but before that it's, uh, it's probably going to go through QuickBooks. You know, I know a lot of guys okay. do the Excel spreadsheet way and they were telling me, I'm like, I'm not that smart, dude. <laughs> like it's not gonna, I'm, I can't keep track of that. Plus you got like 300 templates. It's like official, official, official template, <laughs> you know? You're like relabeling it, but um, I've the one I'm veering towards is uh, there was two because it does service as well. 
uh, Tiger Paw. Are you familiar with that? That is not one I've heard of, yeah. which so, I feel like I have a good repertoire. So yeah. I, I'm curious now. Yeah. So that one I'm going to look at. And uh, yeah, that that's the one I'm veering towards. But uh, it doesn't so seem to be like a, too crazy. Like a platform yep. or what is it? Yeah. Yeah. And you go and you enter your time, everything. It's like a time tracker. And since we do time okay. tracking on QuickBooks, you do QuickBook time. That slides over directly mm -hmm. to the invoices. So that's nice. But I know it does have an interface for QuickBooks as well. So, but okay, cool. Yeah. What was the other one you were learning to? I can't, dude. I was thinking I cannot remember. I'll, okay. I'll send it after. <laughs> I don't mean to ask you. After like, it's important, I'll send it to you. It. But yeah, for sure. That sounds kind of like uh, some other ones that I've heard of, like Service Titan, or um, there's another one that I that I used to use, and I think. Uh, will at, at lock at stice lock uses it okay um but yeah that's 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 good man that's good to get stuff implemented like that once you get to getting you know a, a steady stream uh, of jobs mm -hmm. something like that can really help yeah. automate those sections because you're right i look at excel sheets too and i'm like i'm i'm not this guy yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so when it comes to uh, moving along in the bid to bank, when it comes to the project management side of it, during that project management life cycle of they've accepted the bid, you've started to procure items, you're kind of scheduling out when you're going to be on site, mm -hmm. you get out there, you put it in, you keep the job rolling, and then you eventually make it to invoicing. During that cycle right there, what are, what are the two most critical moments in completing the job? between uh that that cycle that you would say uh i would say it depends on the size of your company and with getting uh down payments like if you're getting an initial deposit you'll link your initial deposit with your scheduling that way you're not financing every person you know during uh yeah. building it so it gets crazy you know so um, I'd say that, and, uh, I didn't write everything down cause I didn't want to just have answers that, um, that, and you have to get a plan together. If with your project manager, if you don't have a good plan, man, you're, you're going to be in trouble and they have to know that and know their numbers, you know? So I would say that because if you can't pull it off, if you don't have funding, you're not going to pull it off and you're going to fail. Do you use any um, tools or methods to like build that plan? Um, mainly just experience and uh, there's a tool and I'm going to forget the terminology for this thing, but it's the cone of uncertainty. Have you heard of that? You know, that sounds really familiar. I don't think that I've heard it in a while, mm -hmm. but that does sound familiar. So there's two ways to use it. One is like a time comes out of the cone and the cone goes this way so all the possibilities come into the cone and things that bottleneck into the cone are probably going to happen so you just try to see as far as you can out in there and then get a probability from there you know what can happen mm -hmm. and uh just having having a good plan you know where are you going to drop off equipment you know you'll have a loading zone okay this is where we drop equipment off or you're going to be lugging equipment down the street with your tools, you know, but, um, mm -hmm. yeah, I would say just having, having a good plan. 
Yeah. That's that that's critical in in that that space. I I'm not in the role of project management right now with Sprinter, but I was when I first started. Mm-hmm. And it is just there's so many possibilities and so many factors mm-hmm. that you kind of got to prioritize like which ones like you said are deep in that bottleneck that are more than likely going to happen mm-hmm. and what are we going to do about those when they do happen or is there anything we can do prior to them happening yeah. to to help with that um so i know that customer experience is is something that i always like to hit on in, in these bid to banks because i feel like at least coming from like the old heads you know of, of the industry when it in physical security especially because i came out of locksmithing and definitely those guys and then even like the old heads in it that kind of grew up with this stuff in in their career mm-hmm. um i think that sometimes they get ahead of themselves and they forget that that customer experience strain runs from the very beginning of the job past the end of the job yep. because if, if they ever come back to you or, or you know anything like that so I love to hit on it when we when I do bid to banks just because I want guys who are listening to this to be like oh yeah that needs to be that needs to be a factor on every decision I make so when it comes to customer experience um, can you talk to the listeners about maybe one thing that you feel is most important when it comes uh, to customer experience absolutely man um, and it it comes from the first moment. You know, I have tattoos here. I will wear, you know, a long sleeve when I can until the first hour when I meet the client. I want them to be feel comfortable with me coming in. You know, don't have your music blasting before you get to the site. You know, when you pull up like that, it's, uh, you have to make them feel comfortable and with uh, almost like a butler, you know. I was studying this butler and he had a butler. <laughs> so... It was like, okay, man, there's levels to this stuff. So, but, um, just making them feel comfortable being real and professional, tucking your shirt in and stuff like that. If you do what's not being done like that, you'll stick out automatically. And then you do a good job. Even when you mess up, they're like, oh, you know, they'll let stuff go. But if you mess up and you are, you're unprofessional from the jump, they're going to nitpick you to death and, uh, your reputation is going to be ripped to shreds pretty quick. But I would say yeah. just uh, being real with them, you know, and especially even when you mess up, be upfront about it. Hey, I messed up over here, and but I'm going to take care of it, you know. Yeah. When So you, you mentioned the mess up part, um, which I've done so many times in fact i'm gonna i'm gonna be a little vulnerable because it's you and i i like you and i trust you and of course everyone's gonna be able to listen to this but when i was first learning to do cameras my grandfather gave me the opportunity he was like i would love some cameras on my house and i was running i started out in locksmithing for a little while and then i went on my own for a couple of years uh running out of a van for like two to three years Mm -hmm. and I was doing locksmithing stuff and access control, but there wasn't a lot coming in, you know, in the first six months. Mm-hmm. And so somebody asked me, Hey, do you do cameras? And I was like, yeah, I do cameras. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'd never hung a camera, but, um, my, once I did that, my grandfather gave me the opportunity and I, I was in his attic and just not paying attention. And I, I put my foot through the sheetrock oh, into his kitchen. Man. 
And uh, he was very gracious about it. He repaired it on his own dime and, and everything. So I'm very thankful for that. But being that that mess up spot, like when you put your foot through sheetrock and it's not your grandfather, um, what what sort of approach do you take or uh, maybe demeanor do, do you have when a mess up has happened? <laughs> That, uh, that story brings up uh, another story for me. So, and this goes Let back. Me hear it. Let me hear it. <laughs> I was in this guy's house, and this is right when I first started. So, but I was working in substations, which when you're in there, I mean, they're jacked up. You know, if you mess something up there, you know, it's you, you fix it. But, um, and I've messed up a lot too, man. So, um, he's got his kid, his wife's not home and we're upstairs and he's watching me fish and I'm pulling off some incredible fishing. Like even I was like, that was amazing, you know? And I had this drill is right before I went to Milwaukee and I can't remember. I think it was, um, Makita. It was a Makita. I had my four foot bit and I'm drilling down through the closet and the bit just unchucks and falls straight downstairs. And we just heard ting, ting through the whole house. I had booties on my feet. Like he did not want me to mess his house up. It was immaculate. So <laughs> we go downstairs and I'm just starting out. So that was a $450 job. And I, I looked at that and I was like, all right, you could just pay me two fifty cause I don't do tile, you know? So he paid a guy to replace that tile. But, uh, yeah, yeah. you just, you suck it up, man, and you make it right. Like, a ton of people will walk away, and you you just got to make it right. I don't know. There's no other way. But that one was obvious. He was right there. But uh, I haven't stepped <laughs> through a ceiling yet, though. So Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was the only one I did, so at least That's I've cool. got that. I didn't have to learn it twice. But, yeah, that that's key too and and i feel like that is something on the podcast i try to make sure that there's this tone of being the better technician mm -hmm. and the guys that i have on here from bid to bank i hand pick i don't just like throw invitations out there because i want people who are quality um and people who you know are trying to be that better technician and that's you and that's the guys that For i've sure. talked to and one of the things that follows that strain or that follows that train of thought is that you make it right, you know, mm -hmm. you do the right thing. Yeah. And um, that's, it's rare. And I don't feel, I don't understand why, because I have felt in the moments that I've chosen to do the right thing mm -hmm. or to suck it up or, you know, to save face and eat it at the customer's feet, you know what I'm saying? Is like in those moments, I've never been met with like great agony. It was like I chose the right path and it was never like, it's never come back to me that I was sued out my ass and my family lost my house and like you know it, that was never the conclusion in fact most of the time the the customer like owns it and it's like okay well we'll just get it fixed yeah. because you come to them with the idea of this is the mess up i already know what's that and that's one thing too is when i've messed up in the past on jobs before i called my my boss or before i called the client i figured out what what it was going to take to fix it yeah like I already came <laughs> with the solution. solution to say, dude, yeah, that is yeah. so rare. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm like, well, how are we going to fix it? Well, I haven't thought that far. I'm like, well, it's been three days. <laughs> like you have no ideas. <laughs> so 
That's cool, yeah. man. Yeah. That is rare. I'm not kidding. Like, so, yeah, that's cool, man. But yeah, I think that that just follows that strain of thought. You just make it right. And the, it usually turns out well Yeah. after that. Yeah. And you can even save customers off of making it right. Yeah. Like you don't lose the customer off it. Mm-hmm. So um, moving along though, from the customer experience, when you come to the bank side of it and getting paid and invoicing, um, is there a payment method that you use to collect after a job's complete? I'm glad you asked me that now and not my first year again, man. I'm going to keep referencing that. <laughs> so I thought, you know, I had no idea. I'd seen everyone using, oh, you just use, uh, I forget what it's called, but you slide it on your phone, Stripe or something like that. And Yeah, um, or, yeah, yeah. I forget. Square. Or Square. Yeah. Yep. All these different methods. But uh, QuickBooks is the most rare. But we do have that option because there's a quick pay as soon as you send the invoice. Mm. but uh check is the most used i found even the company we deal with the national company in new york that it's going to come in the mail but uh just now uh doing job for uh an electric company and they bid they they'll give you a check but um ach like the terminology anyone getting out there i got a book from uh an antique store it says business terminology. <laughs> that thing is like saved me so much because we're all intuitive. We know what we're trying to do, but we just don't know the language. So when they said ACH, I couldn't tell you what that stands for right now either. But I know it's a wire transfer straight to your bank. So um, yeah. that's mainly what we'll, uh, what we'll do is ACH. Uh, well, the checks and then ACH. When someone says ACH, what do they expect you to send them to get that wire transfer set up? Beautiful question, man. You talk to your bank and uh, you say, Hey, I'm going to be getting an ACH and they'll print out something for you. And then you submit that to the client. And that's your specialized numbers. Those numbers are going to be directly to your account. And I think they go out. I, I could be mistaken. It's in the morning, maybe around 11 and they'll do it around three or something before they close. And that differs between time zone as well. So you might get the money in a few days or a, a delayed a day because they sent it out after 11. So, but that was all foreign, you know, you gotta, yeah. and the business guys are like, what you gotta do is you bill this way, you do this, you do that. And I'm like, I don't have enough information yet. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. all, add up all your expenses, add this up. And you're like, what? what expenses like i'm just starting out so you collect some reasonable expenses and then you add that up to figure out okay what is my business going to run off of bare bones and then you can add some stuff to it to make it special at that point but when they were saying that just the terminology but uh yeah ach for sure awesome and then I was excited to ask you this question because I know that you're, you've demonstrated yourself as someone who, you know, is kind of what I would call like the lifelong learner. Mm-hmm. It's, it's somebody who is continuing to try to learn, but not even just in one specific avenue. And um, I've appreciated that because I've seen some of your reels where you're picking up books or you're picking up methods and you're trying to expand not just the the physical side of it, 
but also the method, which is one of the reasons that I have such a passion in security mm -hmm. is because it is multi-layered in that a lot of people that I know and that I still talk to today who have been technicians for 30 years, mm -hmm. you know, they they will talk to you and you will start to get into the method or the moral or the ethic or, you know, those sorts of weighty philosophical things behind just installing access control yeah. and their eyes just like spin. Yeah. They're like, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know, so, but I, I see that in you. So when you get that bank mm -hmm. and you're making that good cheddar, what is one way to like, or how, or maybe multiple, how do you invest back into your company, which is also yourself? Yeah. The tools, man, like having the tools, knowing what tools to buy, but, um, getting over the fear of putting it back in and trusting yourself, you know, because mm -hmm. before that, when you have it, you're, you're looking at it as money. And then once your mind shifts to where you're indifferent to it, you're able to use it for fuel. I think breaking that mindset mm -hmm. is huge at that point. But, uh, and yeah, I am, I'm a lifetime learner and that's, I think you become a master and a student like simultaneously. As soon as you're like, I'm the master because I'm a student. You're kind of like, it's like really weird if you know you're humble and you're like, yeah, I'm humble. Well, now you're not. So now you got to be humble again. <laughs> so it's this weird rotation. But uh, yeah, that uh, as far as that, the craftsmanship, like, because I've been trying to differentiate what's going on because I'm a tech. And if you look it up like technical, if you're technical, you can handle a procedure or process. But if you're a craftsman, you love the process and you care about the outcome. So I try to layer those two constantly. But like you're saying, uh, being moral and doing what, what's right at the same time. But, um, man, I'm going to get off topic, man. You're going to have to reel me back in. Keep going, man. Keep um, going. We're all ready to the bank. Cool, man. So, yeah, I think, you know, you go from the beginning, you're like, or I need this money, I need to grow my business. And then you shift to a point where you're like, what can I do? Like, I've already seen what I could do now. You know, you start imagining, what am I going to do, you know, at that point? And, and you got to have some goals in there too. Like my ultimate goal is like to get to SpaceX and Tesla. And if I don't get there to do work for them, then I'm going to have that level. You have to believe in yourself that much. And if you're building something, you're like, people will say, no, I did the best I could. Well, what if that part was going to be dependent on you making it to space? Would you take a little more care if that was on your spaceship? And they're like, oh, I never really thought about that. It's like, well, you're not doing your best then at that point, you know? Yeah. And uh, I know I'm harping on that, but, you know, we, we've walked away from some work and it haunts us. And if it doesn't they don't even understand this entire conversation then at that point because they're just mm. getting in, get out. And, uh, but I could tell you care about the trade. It's cool. Someone has a platform and a voice of the industry because before you, I've never seen it. Dude. <laughs> no one cares. You talk about the psychology of it. You encapsulate, uh, things like the access controller, not just going to be a badge on the door. The door closure has to work too. And that might be out of your realm, but, that door, when you walk through, you got a picture of a kid walking through, an old lady or 
just an average user of that door. It needs to secure when you walk through. That care that you put through that, I don't know, man. That that shows a lot. It's just it's comforting, man. Because when I seen uh, you and three other guys, Jeff was one of them. The other two, um, there's Trican and Maybe then uh, Technology. Yep. That was the first one. Yep. I was geeking out because I was like, these guys care. Like no one's really <laughs> caring, dude. So it was really cool to like. I don't know, man. I was commenting a bunch of stuff, and I was like. All right, dude. I'm I'm like a fanboy in this comment section right now. So I'm just gonna take it back for a second, but it's just cool, cool to no. see, man. Yeah, that's good to hear, and I appreciate your comments, man. That it means a lot because it's it's a little hard on this side of it to to tell. Like, I mean, I get guys like you, and I get a couple other guys that I know are listening. Mm -hmm. But those things, I mean, the podcasts like turn out like 70 listeners a week. Okay. So there's people out there yeah. listening. And, um, you know, I think that like all time for the podcast, I think I was looking at it the other day, it was like six or 7,000 listens. So, so people are listening, yeah. but it's hard to tell if like, if people are listening, no, you know, I like, know if, if they're, they're out there, <laughs> but no, I think that's a better thing. And why I say that is you have a concentrated group when people have like, mm -hmm. you know, they got the huge following. They're not talking to the right people anyway. They might care and you might be entertaining, but your core yeah. audience like means something. And I actually got that. You remember Alchemist, the rapper or uh, producer? Yeah. He was talking about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I have my core fan base. When I put something out, you know, put your heart and soul into it. And you sell your merch to them. You sell a good product first, you know, with the music and everything and that experience. I just felt that off. And I was like, man, that's, that's true. You know, and everyone, I get calls and stuff and I don't care if anyone's laughing. Oh, you only got X amount of followers. I don't really care. I interact with a lot of them like over 50%. That's what I'm looking yeah. for. I'm trying to teach the craftsman aspect and get an early exposure to them of quality because that will change the trajectory after that. To undo an adult, it's hard, man. Because yeah. me and you are fighting our own habits. You're not going to fight someone else's habits for them, you know. So the right. early exposure is huge. But I think it's awesome, yeah. man. I hope you just keep running with it because I already love where it's at. Did I listen in Havasu? I was in Havasu and uh, I threw my phone on the bed and I was just getting my stuff ready and everything. We were doing a project out there and it was like security today. And then when you said cicada, I was like, dude, that is the craziest thing. It's just so foreign to me. But uh, it was awesome, dude. And I'll never forget that. That was that was the coolest thing, man. Yeah, so. for sure, man. And I I want to reiterate too, just from like, to show, you know, the quality of, of your character and the quality of people who actually make an impact is that goals aspect. And to to push it and let yourself dream as far as you can, mm -hmm. then if you get 60% of the way of your dream, you're still like 100% farther than everybody Absolutely. else who wasn't out there dreaming. Yeah. And um, I... I appreciate you sharing. It, it was a little tidbit, and I, I think some people probably just listened over it, but your goal of, of being at that level of, of Tesla or SpaceX and working for them, that is, that is excellent, and that is um, invigorating and motivating to hear. Mm -hmm. I, I 
feel as if a lot of the guys that I interact with in the industry, that's not a a talking point very often Mm -hmm. when we're talking about where they're at or what they're doing is where they want to go. But like, I also have big goals. I would like to globally speak on stages um, when it comes to security. And that's kind of what drives like the, the more corporate path of my career in sales engineering and, you know, the security today podcast and things like that. And I've, I've applied just this year to two different conferences to talk at, which I did not get. They were big, they were big conferences like GSX. I'm like, I'd like to talk at GSX. They're like, who are you? Like I have a podcast. (laughs) No, seriously, man. And everyone's gonna be like, Oh, he's all over him. You know, me saying this, but the voice, the setup, I was like, he prepared for this. I said, and he prepared and then he left gaps for where he could fill it in for some other stuff. And that, I don't know. Yeah. That's just, it shows intention. Like I showed, dude, I was with my phone. I was like, you know, we got mentioned on a podcast. And if you didn't sound official, you weren't doing official stuff on there. Do I watch people's yeah. faces when I was showing them lit up, man. It was yeah. just so cool, man. So no, you please keep going, man. Like everyone yeah. knows in the industry, they're like, yeah, we need a voice, you know, for sure. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. So I appreciate that too. You, you said you were going to turn this on me. <laughs> Here you are. Yeah. I'm talking more about myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that that's critical, man. I, I would, I would encourage the people who are listening and the people who, you know, want to be good at what they do, that, that they would dream and that they would pick large goals and and the other thing is is that like while while real large goals like that like i would like to be in the security industry long enough that i'm a prominent person in it and that i'm speaking across the globe Mm -hmm. those haven't really changed from when i started in the industry but my but other bigger goals they change all the time yeah so just just pick some you know yeah and and it kind of starts you out on this this journey to make sure that you're doing the best you can, because if you dream as big as you can, it's usually going to have to come with something that is a really high quality standard. Yeah. So you're going to have to you're going to have to eat better. You're going to have to move your body. You're going to have to wake up at the right times, and like those sorts of things will be driven because you know that you're going for something bigger than just being a wire rat and, and pulling cable yeah. 150 feet every day. That's so, a great point too, because I was sitting in the van next to a guy you know either i was driving or driving and they hated it they were like 70 years old and i was like dude that's gonna be me (laughs) like i'm on that path right there so i'm gonna have to make some changes or elevate through the company or whatnot and i landed at a company i was like i'm gonna be here forever you know i i love the guy um older guy believed in you know he had high values and everything everything um good people working there but uh, they sold the company, and that happens, man. And uh, you got, and that goes as far as business too. You have to be willing to adapt. Like I know, me and you have those two goals. We know it, the landscape's going to shift on the way there, and we'll be ready for it. You know, it's like okay, because mm-hmm. I saw an IP camera when I was doing analog, and I said that'll never take off, dude. I said the networks are crashing all the time. Well, the need for that camera to stay up. They're like, we need better networks. And I just didn't understand, you know, uh, the public at that point, what the, the power of the public can do. But, mm-hmm. yeah. 
So um, one of my favorite questions, which this isn't going to be hard. I like to stick some guys with this because mm-hmm. I don't think they think like this. But you're clearly mm-hmm. somebody who you know wants to drive themselves to be humble and, and put in quality stuff. But what's one area that you think – and I mean three years is – is, is probably went quick, yeah. you, you know? And so you're at, you're at three years, but what do you feel like is one process that maybe the company is soft on or that you're soft on personally and you'd like to get better at? That one's easy. Change orders. <laughs> 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 I'm too nice. I was too nice in the beginning to, it's like, yeah. <laughs> they got me again. Like what's going on? Yeah. You know, <laughs> It just uh, and being specific, you know, in your in your proposal to have an exclusion up to this point with the information that we have. You got me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you... <laughs> I've never been got like that. I think sometimes you expect people to be like, "Well, you know, I need that." You're like, "Change orders, man. I already know." It's done, man. Right there, because <laughs> at the end, you know, you don't even want to do the math at that point. You're like. Let's just get out of yeah, here, yeah. dude. You got two black guys, and you're just like, all right, man, we've had enough, you know, so. Yeah. But you want to take care of them at the same time. But, uh, yeah, the change orders and, uh, you know, being firm on them, you know, that's not in the original plan. We planned per the plan that you provided, you know. If you have a drawing and you have the scope of work and your scope of work, you need to say what you're going to do in there. People, like, will leave it vague. So they can, uh, you know, feel a little free in there or they're going to mess around. But if you're on the moral side, leave a little freedom. Just do what you're going to, you know, do what you're going to say. And you say it in the proposal when you have it in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're like, hey, we're deviating from the original plan. You know, that's not a bad thing. Sometimes they're like, we, we want to make some changes, you know, and picking the right clients, man. That was probably the mm-hmm. biggest lesson. I was like, I have done so much work for the wrong people. But if you work for the right people, everything runs smooth. And you're like, thank you for yeah. being a professional. You know, I love working with uh, fellow professionals, you know. And that's what's hard. You You'll try that, to, well, I'm going to keep it that, local. Yeah. And, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll just spit it out real quick. Uh, you want to stay local, but the local people are not acting as professional as the uh, the national companies. And the national companies have to run on a framework. So it's hard, you know, because I want to get back to my city. But all my money, you know, is coming from New York. You know, so it's kind of, yeah. it's crazy on that. What were you going to say? I was going to ask... Um... Because I think that's a really good that's a really good point that you want to work for the right clients. Do you think that you could detail like maybe just one or two brief things that you look for in a client when you're dealing with them really early on to know exactly how much you want to pour into that? Um, if I don't know them, the type of questions that are coming in, you know, and um, they'll say, "Hey, we're going to do a we're going to submit an RFP." A request for a proposal. I'm like, okay, I'm already gauging myself on how I'm going to tailor my approach. You know, it's not going to be friendly, so it doesn't matter. You know, my relationship is out. So I'm going to tailor my approach and just being completely professional because they're going to have all the bids 
you know, scattered across a desk or a spreadsheet or whatnot at that point. So mm -hmm. your proposal needs to speak for itself. I'm, I go, I keep going back to that proposal, but it matters so much, you know, I'll submit a different proposal to a client throughout the remainder or throughout the duration of a project. It might change because I'm like, well, this is better and I'll just add it in, you know, to my proposal and update it as we go. But, um, yeah, mainly that. Yeah, that's great. So the bonus question is based on your experience moving through this entire process that we've talked about from the bid to the bank, where do you think that, like, where do you think the focus is most critical in the completion of the job through the entire process from tools to books to, or I'm sorry, that was reading another line um, from everything, <laughs> from everything that you go <laughs> from everything that you go through, where's the, Where's the, where's your focus supposed to be and what's most critical in that process? It's, it's two things. You've got to have an overview and then you got to have your finger on the pulse of it. So like a Monday meeting, I don't care if you're by yourself, you're like, well, it's just me. I already know what's going on Monday. You, you run down minutes and you do a minutes on yourself. Okay. What did I get done last mm -hmm. week? And what am I going to be doing this week? If you don't do that, you're just going to be running. You know, and uh, you think just because everything's in your head, you're going to be able to get it done. And it just, you know, and that's part of a weakness that I wrote down, too, is, you know, my mouth will overload my my clock. So I'll say, yeah, I could do that. And, you know, I'm speaking from my heart, but my heart's not doing the work. My hands are. So it's like, OK, we got to get this, get, get it all done. But just having, uh, you know you and I spoke briefly one time about a work breakdown structure. You have to have that as a, a roadmap because you need to know where you're at. If you're in the mall, what's the first thing you do? You're like, where are we on the map? You know, you look right, oh, we're right here, you know? Oh, you know, Dillard's just that way. So it's kind of like, even in, when you take a picture, a group picture, picture everyone in it. It's like, that's who's in the industry, but you always look for yourself. You're like, Oh man. Yeah. You know, who am I standing around? Am I slouching? Am I uncomfortable? Why did I smile like that? You know? And that's like you gauging yourself in the industry. You're like next group photo, man, I'm going to go to the top, you know, even though I'm a little shorter, I'm going to stand next to that guy over there. So, <laughs> but yeah, just yeah. having, having that plan and, uh, the Monday meetings, like I've really missed that about uh, certain companies I worked for that just, it set you apart. You know, you felt part of a team and uh, mm -hmm. you felt like killers. You know, I worked for a company. I'm like, dude, when we come on site, like people knew, knew, you know, we were there to take over and that crew has spread out. One runs uh, the security for Banner Healthcare down here. The other is at Climatech. The other went, he went to locksmithing for the city, like everyone elevated throughout that one group. And it was just really crazy to see. And sometimes you don't know you're part of something until it's gone, you know, but, um, yeah. it's crazy. Sorry. Sorry, bear. No, no, that, what, why do you say sorry? No Dude, way, yeah. man. That's, 
that's the good stuff right there. I'm telling you, yeah. there was no, there's no real topic to this. I tell them it's bid to bank, but I, I let it go wherever it needs cool, to, man. you know? So, but, well, that's awesome, man. And I just really appreciate your, your outlook on it. Um, you're, you're one of the guys that I watch on there. There's a lot of guys that I interact with a lot of guys that I would call a buddy, but there's only a couple guys that I look at and I'm like, I would, if I'm doing work, I want to be doing work like them. Yeah. So I'm just so, so, uh, I guess like honored that you would take time to get, to get on here. And I really think that the people listening are going to pull a lot from, uh, this interview. Oh, well, thank you. You know, an interview like this. Yeah, you too, man. I work so, alongside you any day, man. And, uh, yeah, for I, sure. I don't say that. One day. For sure. <laughs> My list of I won't work with is a lot longer. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. But uh. For sure. So, why don't you tell them tell them where they can find you? Just in in case, I I always encourage the the listeners to like if they want to reach out or DM. Like I know that most of the guys that I get on here mm-hmm. are friendly and they want to you know collaborate and hold community over competition. So yeah. tell them where they can find you. On on Instagram. That's going to be Cicada Systems with an S at the end. And, uh, yeah, I love interacting with the guys on there. You got Jeff and uh, Will and you. Dude, I'll, those stories are, like, always first on on uh, my list up top, too. And it's just cool, man, because, <laughs> you know, they care about it. And uh, they and you care about it. It just, I don't know, man. It's like our girlfriend. You're like, no, you got to take care of her, you know. <laughs> so, but uh, it's cool, man. Yeah. But yeah, cicadasystemsaz.com is the website. Interact a little more on there. Then the twisted bit is coming, man. So finally found production for that. And uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm real excited about that. Tell me about. Yeah, tell me a little bit about it. So, like, how did it come to fruition? Do we we used to just uh, get seismic wire and bend hooks on our drills. It was just a lot easier and faster because I could do five of those in the time someone's doing one or two, chucking their drill. Yeah. And uh, I was like, this could be a bit that I would keep in my box, you know, or a special mm-hmm. place. And uh, I created uh, 10 templates. I'm like, okay, I need these. I actually talked to uh, Steve from Door Jam. I said, hey, I got this project. That's a guy to talk to. You see what he's doing. Yeah. So... Um, he's like, okay, I'll put you in touch with, uh, someone for a patent and, uh, but they're out of California. I said, I don't talk to anyone in California. So no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, after that, um, I got some real good people around me to protect my idea and everything. And, uh, people, it's weird. You don't want to show it. And then you do at the same time, we'll probably be, uh, putting those out really soon for production, but I, to help the industry, I want to create a 3D model. And if someone could help me with that, just put it on my uh, website for free. They could download it and 3D print it themselves. It's just, if you drop your drill or your impact, that's really when I started using it. I barely touch my drill anymore because all my impact bits are drill bits too. So I'm like, okay, I just, I put my drill aside for a four foot bit or something like that. But uh, that thing, it's helped me out. And uh, a lot of people are like, man, that looks really clean. And I'm like, thank you. And I just have that bit talking to me in my pouch like, 
tell them about me. It's like, shut up in there, yeah. you know, just like, <laughs> we can't do it until we get the pad. <laughs> so, yeah. but. Hey, you do have a, you have an Instagram page for it. So what what's the Instagram page? That's a uh, twist it bit and just those three words. Okay. So, but yeah. Awesome. But yeah, man, I'm real excited about that. I was excited. People were excited. Dude, I got so many messages flooded. I was like, okay, we need to step everything up big time and uh yeah. just with the machine shop and everything so i might just send some prototypes out to you will and uh jeff yeah and you guys just tear it up man you know see if see if it helps man i don't know it helps me in the way i work but uh i think it'll help out big time but yeah i mean it is that that has been something that i've preached for a long time is twisting your wires mm -hmm. in the can because it's cleaner. They they you know they yeah. sit better. I saw it. I initially saw it, um, probably like seven or eight years ago from Wire a lot. Yeah. On on Instagram, yep. and that guy can dress <laughs> a man. Let me tell you. Woo! <laughs> I was like, because I swear, I even I said it on a uh, a story. I was like, dude, I thought I was the best, <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> He's got me, dude. And I hate saying that because yeah. I'm very competitive, man. And I was yeah. like, what the heck is going on? Like, what is he doing? And it's not only that. He must be an amazing photographer. Like, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, he knows his, very crisp. his photography, his technology. Yeah. yeah. So it's very, very cool. I love watching that guy. I was like, dude, he's sponsored by tools. Like, I'm not sponsored by tools. <laughs> Maybe he's wiring a little better than me. But, uh. Yeah, I you'll always get the guy. Oh, you don't spin them because it's gonna mess up the integrity of the wire, and they'll fight you on spinning. Yeah. I'm like, this guy has no idea. Like, there's an edge to a cliff. You could spin it, and intuitively, if you could feel the wire, like in your whole body, you know when to stop. You know, so before the integrity is yeah. damaged. So, but yeah, yeah. I, I do preach that stuff too, man, big time. So that's cool. I, and most of the guys that are like, you shouldn't spin your wires or, or they harp on all sorts of things. Right. But you go look at their can. <laughs> it looks like shit, man. I'm like, you see that 30 foot of uh, flex you got to your camera right there. Like we could talk about that and then we'll talk about the wires, you know? So. Yeah. 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 But <laughs> well, that's cool, man. Well, I hope that the listeners definitely give you a like and a follow cool, and, 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 follow that bit because that that's coming down the pipe. Um, and I think it should be in every quality, be the better text pouch. So for sure, man. Thank definitely. you. But thanks for coming on today, man. Yeah. And, uh, I really appreciate it. And we'll, we'll get back together, um, on some sort of podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm I've got some brain trust stuff about what I want to do of, with, uh, some other segments. I'm all in, man. We'll have to have for it. Sure. Thank you very much. Thanks again, All man. Right. We'll see you later. All right. Take care, man.